Hey, this is Ro. And this is Joe. And we discuss the gray area. The black and white thing. Today we are discussing colorism, its impact on the black community, uh, its global impact. On a lot of different communities. On a lot of different communities around the world. Um, and I'm going to begin by discussing how it's impacted me as a fairer-skinned African-American woman. Um, I... <laughs> Spelled with an A-N. <laughs> yes, not E-N. <laughs> to be confused with E-N-S. <laughs> That's an inside joke, people. Because <clears throat> that irks her. Yeah, so I am the first of four children, and I just happen to be the lightest of my siblings. And so for... A long period of time, I was called light bright, almost white, high yellow. Um, and it, it does do something to your psyche. At first, you think it's cute because, oh, I'm different. But then it's like, oh, I'm fucking different. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, it's, this, is, this couldn't be a good thing. So, yeah, I picked up a piece of an article that kind of uh, describes what, you know, while I understand the privilege that my lighter skin has in this culture, mm -hmm. it also comes with a long history, for me anyway, of denial and erasure by brown skinned people towards me. Um, so my mom. Mm -hmm. um, what about friends? You know, I don't really know about friends. I don't, I can't really remember. And the group of friends that I have now are not the same group of friends that I had when I was a teenager. They're more mature. I mean, and, and they come, my, my beautiful brown skin friends come in all shades and hues. Right. Um, and so we don't really necessarily discuss that. And I don't feel like I've been singled out in my adulthood by my friends or peers for being lighter skinned, or maybe I just became so accustomed to it that it was something that I didn't really pay attention to or ignored um, right. along the way. So, yeah. I mean, for me, I don't really have a personal story. I mean, I guess for white people, the only thing that we could say as far as colorism would be would be like brunettes and blondes. Oh, I mean, and then, but, you know, as far as if when we get into lightning creams and stuff, we can talk about being tan. But I mean, as far as colorism, I mean, in white people, I don't know. Brunettes and blondes would be the only thing that I could say people have a certain stereotype type of woman if it's a blonde you know they always get the dumb blonde jokes <laughs> I've said that myself That's right you always there's always dumb blonde jokes and brunettes I don't I mean I don't know what the thing is for brunettes <laughs> so I don't know but that's the only thing that I could compare it to right 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 well and I tried when we were talking about this think tried to think back over my you know, and think if I've ever recognized, I mean, I have, we've talked about it, I think, in appropriation or appreciation as far as... Yeah, we like, have touched yeah, on we, colorism. Yeah, we've touched on colorism a little bit here and there, but as far as, like, my personal experiences, and it's not something my daughter's ever mentioned either, so... Well, my son has... Has he? Well, remember I told you my son says he's, like, when he's around his black friends, they'll... 
they'll make him recognize that he's like biracial because uh, he's light skinned. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Okay, he's okay. always the light skinned one. Yeah. So he gets it. I mean, I don't think he doesn't seem to take it personal, and I don't know that it's anything personal. And I don't know if they've ever gotten to an argument or he was made to feel like he wasn't black enough, but. Right. But he's also biracial, so that may be a little different than someone who's not biracial, who's lived and embraced the black culture by a mom and a father, and then have people make them feel not black Less enough. Than. That's different, a little bit. So this, your what we're talking about now, brings me up to a point, a great point. Marita Golden, and she's also the author of a book called "Don't Play in the Sun." One Woman's Journey Through the Color Complex. But anyway, the question is for Marita. Hi, Marita. I'm a black woman on the lighter end of our spectrum. I'm wondering if one of the unintended outcomes of colorism discussions is for lighter complexions folks to develop a sense of light guilt. Damn, we got to be guilty about something. It seems like everything White we think... White guilt, light guilt. Yeah, goddamn. Is there any dark skin guilt? I have no idea, but shit, well, I don't they, wanna... they should have some guilt, too. But anyway, <laughs> those of us who are descendants of slaves, as opposed to those of us who are descendants of voluntary uh, interracial relationships, already recognize the unfortunate origins of this complexion. I embrace my blackness as many as much as anyone and have my share of negative racial experiences in the world. Is there space in this discussion to figure out how we as people with a rainbow of hues can come together and celebrate our ancestry together? And Marita's answer is, oh, definitely. One of the most important things I realized when writing my book, Don't Play in the Sun, was the depth of pain that my light-skinned sisters have experienced around colorism. The ways in which they are both lusted after, i.e. red bone, that right. we'll discuss later because I've been called a red bone more times than I care to count, and loathed and marginalized and told that they are not really black and can't be trusted. It has been very helpful for light-skinned women to share these stories with brown to black women, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to keep on reading. Right. But anyway, you get the picture. The point, yes. yes. Is that... Within the community, the black community, the whole black, the light skin, dark skin thing is heavy. It, right. It's really heavy. And it stems from slavery. So I have to. And it's ironic. Let the listeners know that. But it, it's ironic, but it's a part of it's a part of. My favorite word. You all know what my favorite word is, so I don't want to mention it today. <laughs> <laughs> but so, right, I guess it would be. Yeah, it is. It In, it, in this article I just read, um, she says that the roots, the roots of colorism in the U.S. are in the slave system, which created a division among blacks along color lines and hair texture and facial features. So, you know, in the black community, if your hair is curly and wavy and, you know, you got good hair. Right. And, yeah, looking like El DeBarge now. <laughs> <laughs> blacks who had white blood and looked more like whites were treated better than blacks who did not. They could be free get education and access to higher standards within the slave system just for being a fairer-skinned person. 
uh, fair skin probably because Thomas Jefferson fucked, you know, somebody that somebody black and they were probably you, you do know the story of Thomas Jefferson having black children, right? Well Well, I I've heard. Yeah. I mean I've so. never really researched or read a book <laughs> yeah. on it. And I don't think that was um the one a one and only No, no, oh no, had, he was. Yeah. Oh definitely not. Right. <clears throat> so then I also read um I don't have the name of the article. I'm not as good as... I plagiarize, y'all. No, the article is... Um... Oh, is this the same article? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the part of the article that I read was um, that a research in economics has shown that the wage gap between lighter and dark-skinned African-Americans is, n- is nearly as large as the gap between African-Americans and whites. Wow. And that, yeah, and that's pretty crazy. And also, in our analysis of data from the National Longitudinal Survey of Youth, we found that the darkest-skinned African-American girls were three times more likely to be suspended at school than their lighter-skinned counterparts, a disparity that is, again, roughly equal to the gap between blacks and whites. Man, this is so, all so heavy. And it is so crazy. So deep. Like, this race shit is so deeply embedded in us, it is, and it's so sad. Yeah, it's really, the more you think you know about it, like, the more confused I become. (laughs) The more, like, I'm reading, I'm just, like, getting more confused by the day. Well, not only that, but the statistics are depressing. It's depressing to know that, you know, you're born into this world. Away. Can't help it. Yeah, and then all of this shit is placed on you. And I love babies. Babies are so cute and they're so innocent and they smell so good. And then we fuck them up. We just literally we ruin ourselves. But Uh, how do you stop? How do you not? I mean, you have to literally just like go live on farm somewhere. (laughs) I'm looking for somewhere in your room. It doesn't exist here now. But I'm like, like, (laughs) you're right, Joe. It doesn't exist here. But I looked at the trees like a forest. And live in a cabin and homeschool your children and meditate and read. Uh, I don't but know. But you do. You have to be really cognizant. You you have you to do. do some self-analysis. And, and you have. And I think it starts with truth needs to be told. That too. But yeah. Being okay. aware. But just being aware and really monitoring. You really have to monitor your thoughts. Right. The words that come out of your mouth. Because you have to realize that your children absorb everything. And it's not necessarily what comes out of your mouth more so than, you know, we read it out of the book. It's what you practice, your practice. So I can say all day that I'm not racist or, you you know, or prejudiced or discriminatory. But right. if I'm talking about a fat person or a black person or a white person or a gay person, then, yeah, pretty much I am. So... Right. Well, if you're thinking, hard, like, bad things about them because they are right. that way... Right, right. Man. So, I mean, it is hard because, you know, you get mad. I'll be quick to say something ignorant, like stupid bitch. My favorite thing is stupid bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid bitch is my favorite. Like, that's like my go-to. If I'm angry, I'll be like, it could be, don't even have to be a girl. It could be a guy. Stupid bitch. It's my favorite. Well. But it helps. It really does. (laughs) Somehow, (laughs) some way. Trying to improve slowly but surely, but. It helps, so. Yeah, when it's in... I mean, I don't know if that's discriminatory, but calling someone stupid is. 
I guess. Well, nowadays, right? Do you have stupid guilt? Guilt. <laughs> I got white guilt. Stupid, stupid. guilt. And not only that, but you're fragile as fuck in your whiteness. <laughs> I got, I'm just guilty. And then what about us on the black hand side? We've got colorism to deal with. You know, we've got our own shit. There's so much shit. Right. You know, in our own... Everybody got so much shit. Yeah, and I feel like that's what we need to focus on. We really need to have a podcast about the shit that's the same. You know, like, does my breath stink? I mean, I don't... Versus does your breath stink? You know, people, if you can see out of your eyes, everyone has eyes, but not everyone is able to see out of their eyes. You know, you have to count your blessings and realize... The things that you share. We're human. Right. That doesn't seem to be working, though. It doesn't. Like, the common sense shit is not. Well, I think it needs to start in schools. Like, black people. (laughs) start to need to know the damn truth. Black people are treated like animals and looked at and viewed at as less than human. But, bitch, I can write. I can speak. (laughs) I can think. I can talk. I mean, I'm the same shit you do. I do. Right. Right. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I don't yeah and like what about the people that don't feel like the white progressives what is a white progressive I don't know she talks about it in that book all the time white progressives I guess are the people that don't think racism exists oh because they look at racism as an act so they think like they're like they're there you know they're 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 like love all love one blah 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 well they're kidding themselves they're lost right so where's the line because you're saying everybody's human, everybody... So everybody, you know, we all have our shit. But where's the line? Like, where... What's the answer that everybody can just appreciate other people's shit? That's a good question. It should be as simple as one, two, three. Is it maybe minding our business? That's good. I'm big on that. Like, if you just minded your business, you wouldn't even care what they were doing. Right. But then if you mind your, but then some like white people could say when we want them to read this book or whatever, like white people could say, I, I, I do mind my business. I go to work. I come home. Like they don't really care about what's going on in the news. They, they say they're sick of hearing about racism and white fragility. So where does their responsibility lie? Because maybe they are just minding their business. Like, so, I mean, the world is just fucked up, and hopefully maybe... <laughs> I feel like we say that a lot, but it's the it, truth. It's the truth, and I just... You know, because sometimes we talk with hope, like we're, we do this podcast, and we have some kind of goal in mind, of course, but sometimes I just get, you know, the conversation... It's like a rabbit hole. It could be like a rabbit hole discussion. Like, we've had so many, and I'm just like, rabbit hole, okay. <laughs> yeah, Did you want- see Kim Kardashian's going to school to be a lawyer? Like, <laughs> rabbit hole. Like, that's just... A, I didn't... I don't know if that was the right... I, when I told you that, but I'm just saying, right. as an example. Because uh. can go on and on. We could talk about colorism for days, but... Is that any... Really what's your s- message to... What's your message to black women out there? The dark... All of us. I mean, yeah. love yourself. But you know, that comes with man. What do you say to the woman who says, I do love myself, but I, I, I appreciate, I want my skin to be lighter? That's not true. If you truly love yourself, do you, you don't want... Every- do you think white women who tan don't love themselves? <laughs> Is it comparable or is that me being? No, I think it is comparable because why do white women, if you, if you despise the skin, my skin color, 
but but you go you have a tanning membership because you want to be my skin color see that shit it makes no sense in my brain i can't figure it out help me I, i don't tan oh see uh, you see how pale I am. <laughs> I glow in the dark. So yeah. I don't tan. I like to tan in the summertime because the tan's better. Like, I look more natural. Like, I feel like tan well, See, in bed what does that mean? What does that even mean, you look more natural? Natural meaning? Because if you, when you put them lotions on, you have an orange tone. And when you go to the tanning bed, you kind of, you can almost tell a girl that tans. You can almost tell. Okay, I have a friend. She goes to the tan in bed, mm-hmm. and she does, her tan looks like a little bit of a natural tan, but she's already olive complexion. Mm. So it, her tan looks a little different. But for me, if I would go to a tanning bed, I would get that orangey, funny tanning bed look. Well, I guess I'm, I would have to call out white people, because if you despise black people, why the fuck do you tan? But a lot of white people want the, a lot of white people nowadays don't despise black people. They just are ignorant to the whole structure and screw construct and racism see you corrected me on that maybe i I don't think maybe despise despise. as a strong term yeah consciously consciously yeah see consciously yes it's a strong term consciously i think yeah consciously despise black people yeah there's a lot of white people out there like that but probably more not probably more they there was maybe a subconscious of course because we know this but right right But I don't know. Again, is that naive of me to compete? Is that comparable? I don't know. Because I guess because it's so important to black women is because so much self-hate is involved because of the whole construct that the black people are oppressed and and you're taught to like not appreciate the skin you're in. Exactly. Whereas white women don't have that pressure. So we're just doing what we do and... School them, Joe. It's not... There's not as much pressure on us. So we have the right to do whatever the fuck we want. Uh, now I'm not saying we like I'm just generalizing here, no, but I'm but just it giving makes an opinion. A lot of sense. Like we can do whatever the fuck we want, and it's not scrutinized. Scrutinized. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's starting to be scrutinized. You know, now it's they're starting to call um, people out on social media when it's going too far. Good. Kind of sometimes, <laughs> but right. So I guess they're. I answered my own question. You did answer your own question. And and again, for black people, it's about self-love. But that includes therapy and in the black community. Well, it's becoming more prevalent now. But a lot of things that happen, we have this mentality of what happens at home stays at home. We don't talk about what's going on in our household. We don't talk about how we feel, which that shit is making us sick. And so... For me, it would be seek therapy. There's nothing wrong with going to speak to someone that has an unbiased opinion about anything that's going on with you and that can help you get through your shit. You know, that's what therapists are there for. Um, I love Charlemagne the God's book, Shook Ones. It is awesome. Um, And for my black people listeners out there, read that book. Why did Twitter get, didn't Twitter give him a hard time? I feel like he gets a hard time regardless. Because What was the big deal with that book? I don't know about the book, but I do know that he's been called gay and he's um, been shamed for possibly bleaching his skin. Isn't he married? He is married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it doesn't but mean that, he's not exactly. gay. But anyway. and, I'm not, and by all means, we are not calling you gay if right. you ever listen to this and hear this. <laughs> Please listen to that. Please <laughs> listen to us, Charlamagne <laughs> God. I would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So therapy, I'm, I, as a mental health person, 
with a degree in mental health, I would say therapy is definitely necessary. But you have to find a therapist who you connect with. That's very important because I've started seeing a therapist and I'm not really sure yet about how how I feel about it. But I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah, because we all need to unpack our shit. That's the bottom line. We all have shit to deal with. There is not one person on this planet who does not have Oh yeah, I've talked to therapists before. Yeah, some right. shit that they need to unpack and store away in another box and and bring out the best of who you are as an individual, not the shit that you've absorbed from society and childhood. From, yeah, and- from the environment, your family, your nurture. elementary school, junior high, just everything. Yeah. Right. So how did it get to a global scale, do you think? So if colorism started here from slavery, so colorism is obviously a global problem. Colorism is a global problem, which I was surprised to, to learn about the fact that... You already knew it was, though. I mean, I did, but the fact... Okay, here's an article. It's called The Difference Between Race and Colorism. Uh, time.com, people. And that's the, this is the same article by Lori Tharp. And she wrote a book, too. Same family, different colors, confronting colorism in America's diverse families. But anyway, this article says the fact is our limited official race categories in the U.S., black, white, American, Indian, Asian and native Hawaiian are already straining under the weight of our multi-hued, ethnically diverse, phenotypical, ambiguous population. Did someone forget about Latinos? A conversation about race is no longer sufficient when our first black president has a white mother and golfer Tiger Woods is Cablin Asian and a white woman named Rachel Dolezal (laughs) feels justified in claiming a black identity without having any African ancestry. Do we know that she doesn't have any African ancestry? I don't know if she's ever... I'm surprised she didn't do her DNA. She's transracial. (laughs) Yeah. This discussion has has to get more nuanced and categorized beyond black and white. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You always get me into that. But, so, yeah, colorism is a global... um, Right. Situation. It, it's it's a global phenomenon. So I wonder, like, if the Indians before colonization, like, they had different tribes. Like, I wonder how they named their tribes. Mm, that's good. I'd like to... This, see, this is where travel comes in. Get out of your box. Travel. That's how you learn culture. Well, because, travel. you know, seeing it on seeing it on TV and in the media... You can't you, trust it. No, you don't. I don't trust get, a damn thing I read or see at this point Well, anymore. and you always... Your own experience and, and experiencing it for yourself, which is the same thing as saying your own experience. I, have, I do that shit a lot. It's, well, Say shit one way and then say it the other way. I am well, at Yoda. At least you get it out. <laughs> Sometimes I'm stuck. But yeah, traveling uh, uh, is necessary. Uh, uh, uh. It's necessary so that you experience the culture for yourself. But it's sad to know that, you know, colorism is a, is a global phenomenon and that people are picked at or treated less than because of the hue of their skin. And I'm, I'm. And that's not just always white people. No. Black each culture does it to themselves. And what I'm where I was going with it as far as globally, 
Like, how did it start with them? So here we have in America, we say it started with slavery. Right. White man started colorism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in where would you say it started in Jamaica or, or India. in Asia or in India <clears throat> or in Africa? So how or did- am I missing something? And I could be, you know, I'm not no Ph.D. in sociology or anything. So I could be missing some history here. I'm sure we are. We may be. But I'm saying when did slavery when did slavery start? What year? I forget. I forgot to. Because <laughs> we are stuck with that. <laughs> yeah, but it is sad to know again that people are discriminated against because I'm sure it's the darker hued people who get who get the short end of the stick and who get fucked over because they're darker. Right. Which sucks. In all and when we talk about it globally, it's the same. It's all the same. Light skin, dark skin. And dark skin's always, yes. Dark skins are the ones that are the most, that take most of the the, brunt, the hate part yes. of the colorism. Yes. If that makes sense. But then they, in turn, treat lighter skin people unfairly. So, or do, color, or do light skin people treat them unfairly? I, I don't know. It goes both ways. I guess. Yeah. Right. What, Insert the what whitening. Came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Insert whitening cream because now you know oh, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. The whole I seen an ad for that on my Facebook. I was like, how the hell did I get this? Ad Sammy Sosa, of? he's a poster boy for skin whitening. So he really did. They talked about. I've read something about him recently. Yeah, Sammy Sosa. There are a few uh, black china. I wonder if she really uses it. I don't know if she uses it, but she definitely promotes it. Or. I think she was promoting the, that, the one that was on my Facebook. Now, I read, I clicked on it and was reading comments, and I was reading what it does. But And it, and it makes it look like it evens your skin rather than lighten your skin. I mean, but damn, when you go from looking like a brownie to looking like a fucking chocolate chip cookie. Right, but, I mean, there's makeup involved there, too, I'm sure. Not necessarily. Not, all, not in Sammy Sosa's case. I mean, he's the only person that I can think of where you can see, like, the transition, the the way he goes from a darker... Who was he again? <laughs> you don't know who Sammy... She knows no one, people. Sammy Sosa was a... Because I mind my business. <laughs> a major league baseball player. <laughs> oh, Speaking shit. of... Did they allow him to play there. They did, and today... <laughs> Their Twitter has a, a hashtag for Jackie Robinson. Isn't that funny? Because today... Why the fuck we didn't hashtag Jackie Robinson? I'm not tired I know, of because I'm because, not tired of our shit going... No, no. Today is April 15th. And so, April oh, 15th, 1947. 1947. Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, see? Get on Twitter, Joe. Hashtag Joe. it. You're, they, the Twitter, you're our Twitter, Twitter person. You need to be doing this. <laughs> Hashtag Jackie Robinson. I did retweet some of the hashtags. So Sammy Sosa um, is an American League baseball player. Samuel Kelvin. How old is he? There you go. Dominican American. So see, there he is. I'm oh, showing her. Sure. Yeah. He really did. Now, does he say he, and he, does he admit it? Oh, yeah, shit, does. look at this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh-huh. So there you go. And do I say that that's a form of self-hate? Yes, I do. When you're He ch- looks better brown. Well, duh. All of the <laughs> because <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the color he was born. Dirt with your white fragile ass. Shit. Yeah, he looks like yeah, anyway. Right. Ugh. A mess humans. Humans are. 
We are. Oh, we're trying to change the world, but we fucking <laughs> brag we just on need, We're going to just go to start with a little local area of Atlanta. Let's just start there. So we're, we're yeah, we're going to have I don't know what meetups, parties, meetups, because parties. Ro and Joe like to party. We like to party. Girl, you'll be knocked out. <laughs> the show must go yes, on, Yes, because I am a lightweight. <laughs> I'm as lightweight as they come. She'll be like, woo, she's seeing stars. I'm like, what? Drink more, please. Hurry. No, no, no. There was a couple of times though you finished your drink before me, and I was like, "And you know why I what do you that? What you got going on? You I don't know. I don't like the taste of alcohol, so I drink it fast, so I don't have to continue to taste it. If it's Long sweet, Island iced teas. If it's sweet, you drink them I'll, super quick. <laughs> yeah, but it's nasty. Like I can That's taste so the good. hard liquor. Mm. I don't like tasting the hard liquor, so I just fucking get it over with. And when you buy a drink at the goddamn bar or the restaurant, that shit is like 10, 11 bucks. Yeah, well, not so I'm we not, waste- I, not where we are in our podcast idea came to life was at Applebee's with the dollar. Oh, price. yeah. That, we, yeah but you that, tore more than one or two of them off. Yeah, but they're sweet. We, I like, think I'd be a little fucked up, though. I mean, yeah, that. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> they had me a little tore up on quite a few occasions. Yeah, so we're rambling here, but yeah, I'm a lightweight. Right. And Joe is a heavyweight. Heavyweight champion of the world. Ding, ding, ding. No. So what is our next podcast about? So anyway, oh. I don't know. Yeah. So if anyone follows the Rowan Joe show on Twitter, you know that there are, we have big picture thoughts. So I'm going to start leaving us with big picture thoughts. Are we wrapping? You're wrapping. Let's wrap it up. All right. So my big picture thought for I'm this sorry, week. I felt like I left it a lot up to you today, but I don't have, you know, as a white woman, I don't have a lot of experience with colorism. Fucking so. privileged ass. I know. <laughs> white guilt. I'm going to cry. My, no. And my light guilt. You have white. Well, look, see. The I, white light guilt yeah, thing. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag that, damn shit, it. I'm next, guilty. Next of being week, that'll be trending. Some shit, I was born. I can't change it. And I'm Me not going neither. to. Damn it. I don't want to. Right. Anyway, so my big picture thought for this week is there is none above or beneath you. Good big picture thought. And I'm going to tell you guys where that came from. So I often fast. I have fat. I I will do a fast. My very first fast. I do juice cleanses. I lived in Arizona, and I did a seven-day fast. And I did nothing but juice and water, all natural. And my intention, I set my intention before I started to fast. And the only intention that came to mind was I'll get a message at the end of my fast. So my son had been hospitalized. He was um, at a sickle cell camp in California. And I got a call that he had to go to the hospital. He had gone into a sickle cell crisis. And he was a little guy at the time, you know, young. I had to fly to San Diego, and I was still within my fast. And I really had to calm myself because, you know, when it's your children, you're like, ah. Right. But I refused to break fast. So I found juices in the hospital or whatever. So I'm in his hospital. By the time I got to him, he was fine. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, he was good. So I was calm. And I'm looking out of the hospital window, and in San Diego, they have, like, rolling hills or whatever. And it came to me. And that was the thought that came to me, is that no one is above or beneath me. And it sounds so simple, 
Right. Because we're always told, you know, don't ever think that you're better than anybody else or that anybody else is better than you. But in my fast, when I got the message, it came to me in a different way. And it, it, I truly understood that, yeah, and though it was for me, Roe, because that was my message. I needed it at the time. And mm-hmm. it did. It changed my life, it, knowing and understanding. I had a different understanding of truly there is no man that is above or beneath me, meaning I'm not better than anyone on the planet and no one else on the planet is better than me. Mm-hmm. So I want to leave everyone with that big picture thought. And and I'm doing this because I want everyone to understand that we are all important for one reason or another. And there is not one of us that is more important than the other. And if you are at a place in your life where you feel like you're being pounced on or you're feeling unhappy or you're feeling beneath another person, whether it be a boss or a manager or a spouse or a lover, just internalize that fact that in the big picture... There is none that is above or beneath you. That's a good thought. Yeah. That's a good thought to leave with. Yes. Just keep in mind, everybody's going through their struggles. Yes. Black, white, yellow, red, brown. We all have struggles. Humanity as a race, we're all struggling with something. Right. Yes. And so, until next time, when we... Follow us. Yes. On the Rowan Joe Show. Instagram. And that has a W. Yes. Rowan Joe Show. On Twitter, Row and Joe Show, no W. Facebook, The Row and Joe Show. And we now have a YouTube page. Yes, Woo-hoo. The Row and Joe Show. Yeah, That's The Row and Joe is. Show is yep. a channel. How Click that button. Subscribe yes. to our channel. You will be entertained. Yes, you will. Until next week, The Row and Joe Show. Deuces. Deuces.